to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and I'm joined uh, today by a photographer um, who emphasizes in music photography, but uh, she does all kinds. Um, she also she is currently uh, based out in New York. Uh, she works with Warner Music Group, and uh, I'm excited to talk to her about her passions, artistry, and why she does what she does. Thank you very much, Smo Ostrowski, for joining Hello. me. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs> You're so welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Living life. I'm actually here in Wisconsin for the time being. I've I've actually been here since December, so it's been a hot minute, but I'm headed back to the city next week to kind of get back to it. So I, I'm excited. So I kind of like uh, double take to when we were planning the time. I was like, wait, oh yeah. Is she like in a different time zone? Am I like totally like uh all messed up here? But you're still here. And I was yes. like, okay, we're we got the same time. We're good. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes. Um, but yeah, uh, we've been talking about doing this episode for a long time. And I've been, you know, you're someone I've I've always like followed on the internet and like mm -hmm. see what you're up to, but this is our first time really ever talking. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh <laughs> What are you uh, sipping on uh, this evening? I am sipping on some um, Blake's hard cider. I mm -hmm. think most of my friends know this as my staple, even though it's it's not really. I just I got really hooked on the um, I think it was the berry ones. These are, this is the mango habanero, and I just like am such a picky drinker. Um, so if I find something, I I tend to stick with it. And so for like the last probably like nine months anytime I go anywhere I bring a case of these um and yeah they're, they're not like um, I mean they're good they're it's like 6.5 percent alcohol so that's kind of why I like it because I don't like have to drink as much than like a beer but um it's nice to only have like one or two because they're they're still a cider so it's still pretty sweet but yeah it's, it's my go-to right now so good choice <laughs> I haven't I can't say I've uh, tried it but I do I recommend I, I do love a good uh, cider. Um, yeah, other than like Angry Orchards or. Uh, I don't know. What the, what's the other one that's really popular? Reds, uh, I think. Reds, yeah. that Reds Apple Ale. That, man, I haven't had this shit in so long. I, for, I just forgot yeah. what it's called. <laughs> no, yeah. I, the only reason I feel like I know it is because I see it next to the Blake's Hard Cider, which. They actually sell the Blake's hard cider at a few bars in Milwaukee, like on tap, which oh. I did not know. I think it's kind of like the best out of like the grocery store cider type things. Oh, okay. Like yeah. uh, would I find it at pick and save? Yeah, I would assume so. Cause I get it at Meyer, which okay. is like, you know, sure. the new Walmart as or whatever. Corporate as you get. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I really feel like you could find it at big stores maybe not like sure. every liquor store but yeah okay i'll, I'll keep my eyes peeled because i just got uh stimulated today yes and i can so start buying that. start buying some more bougie uh, uh beverages you know <laughs> yep, that's, that's what it was for exactly <laughs> yeah exactly right uh, for, for people like us yes uh, i'm uh drinking rolling rock this week um which normally i'm a hams guy i'm oh god <laughs> Don't oh god me! It's yeah. Hams is a fine cheap beer, and I, I mean, I get shit for it all the time. It's okay. Yeah, okay. I, 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 I live in River West, so we all just drink cheap beer, and you know, 
it's it's kind of like uh someone called it the beer of the revolution because people were like marching out in the streets last summer during the uprisings and they're passing around hams okay, and uh, okay that is that's something i could get behind for sure <laughs> i feel like you'll feel a little bit better drinking it if you know it stands for something yeah the revolutionaries are guzzling yeah. this shit hell yeah um on on ciders though um one of my like i remember my friends and i from back home uh we there was like a summer where we were all like obsessed with reds it was like <laughs> we were like 19 you know and yeah one of our friends like literally changed his name in the group chat to reds oh god <laughs> so it i remember it's so good but it's very easy to drink too many yeah and they're just they're so sweet i feel like it was like that perfect drink where we were like you know you were drinking beer when you first started drinking and then this was kind of like ooh, it tastes better but it's kind of the same thing and it's not hard liquor but i feel like after a few times consistently drinking reds it's just too it's too sweet and i i even feel like this is too sometimes but um oh it's all spicy natural, so. it's yeah, well this one you think it would be spicy mango habanero but it's it's pretty sweet like it definitely tastes the mango but hmm. it's not it's not bad i guess that's how i'll end it with it's not bad but it's not like amazing sure okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> that uh, yeah that describes most of the alcohol i regularly drink it's not bad I, but it's not amazing. <laughs> that yeah, I'm I'm such a weird alcohol drinker. I I drink and I I guess you could say I I enjoy getting drunk sometimes, but I'm not a casual alcohol drinker. Like I don't just like have a beer or a drink. Um, I don't know why. I just was never super into it. Like all my friends are are pretty big drinkers, but I definitely um, can't keep up always. So I just yeah, just chill. Sure, no, that's 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 fair. Um. I mean, I drink most days, but I rarely get drunk, like, which is just, mm -hmm. is kind of like my, like a, it tells me that like, I've found like a healthy relationship with it, I'd say, because like definitely in college, I used to just get drink, I would just drink to get fucked up. But now it's like, yeah. I just want like three or four beers at the end of the night, put on a movie, Listen to take to the edge off, you know. That's right. I, yeah. So, uh, Smo, what we talk about a Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity. And so, as mentioned before, you know, we've been connected for a while. We've got some mutual friends. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I always, like, knew, you know, you're a photographer and, like, I saw you move to New York for work and that's mm -hmm. rad uh just taking a look at your website you've uh gotten in front of some really amazing awesome artists and uh yeah i'm excited to talk about all of that um yeah. in a bit but first so uh let's take it back so you are uh you're originally from west bend correct yeah mm -hmm. so when you were little when you were a kid uh what did you want to be when you grew up um I honestly feel like in my head, I wanted to be like a pop star, but I never like sang or anything. Like I wasn't that kid that was like in talent shows or like in plays and stuff. I think I always wanted to be, but I would say like growing up and it's something I think I'm overcoming now is 
like stage fright. Like I don't like doing things in front of people, never have. I definitely am more a behind the scenes person. It's like even just shown in my job. Like I work on social media, but you don't really see me on social media, like as a person, you'll maybe see my work or whatever. But um, so yeah, growing up, I always knew I wanted to do something in the entertainment industry. I think in my mind, it was acting because it was acting or singing. That's what you could do. That's all I knew. So as I got older, I realized like, I didn't want to do the plays. I couldn't sing like nothing like that. And I realized from an, a young age, the, um, I went to a concert. Um, I saw Hilary Duff when I was 10 years old. That was my first concert. And I don't know why, but just after it, I was hooked. Like, I just loved it. I loved going to concerts. I loved live music. And I think that was where I wanted to head. But when I went to college, um, I actually up went to UWM to be a film major. Mm -hmm. So I think growing up and in high school and stuff, it was always like film, 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 whether I think I gave up the whole acting thing and then it turned into, okay, well, I like video, I like editing, I like photos, all that. So let's just do a film major. So that's kind of how I entered um, UWM was, I really thought I was gonna go for film, but that changed very quickly. Gotcha, okay um sometimes that's what that's what happens like you find like uh an initial idea about something but mm -hmm. you find your niche in something not quite that but related uh, yeah totally like I went through something similar too what was like did you do like any kind any photography like growing up as like a hobby yeah I I actually I actually did more video than photo so just at a young age, I was just obsessed with making videos. My older cousin was pretty into it. So I started off with doing like slideshows on like Movie Maker and like all those like Windows programs and stuff. And then it slowly turned into editing. And for Christmas, I'd get like a digital camera, but I 100% used it more for filming. Like we were always making up dances or doing skits, stuff like that. I liked editing. I was pretty good at it. It was something I did since pretty steadily since like seventh grade, I was editing videos for fun of me and my friends, me and my cousins, just doing whatever. And I took that into high school and took a lot of video editing classes and did that. And that's where I, you know, I really thought I wanted to be in film. Um, the photo thing was with my friends, we took photos and it wasn't until I think I got an iPhone, which obviously kind of changed the way you, you take photos. And then to me, I feel like when it really started was when I got my first car, which I would have been going into my junior year of college. I got, I guess like my first real car that was my own. I shared one with my sister in high school, but that's when I remember being like, oh, wow, I have the freedom that if I want to go anywhere and if I see anything, I can take a picture of it instead of being with friends and like seeing something cool and being like, oh, I would have taken a picture of it, but like, I'm not driving. So that's really how it started. I just was in my car and I would drive to places in Milwaukee and take just kind of like stupid pictures on my phone. And I really enjoyed editing. So I'd come back and at night I would just be bored and I'd mess around with like iPhone apps. And that's kind of how it started. And I always had a video camera. I never had like a DSLR camera or anything. Um, in my mind, I guess they were just always so expensive and just unreachable, which they are, but it's, definitely is doable um so yeah it wasn't until I um I got a job working for Warner Music Group as one of their college reps I think my, my junior year of college and 
they would give us opportunities to basically like kind of go to shows. And they said like, there was this one show that came up and they were like, do you want to take pictures at it? And I was like, I mean, yeah, why not? Didn't even know that was an option, but I didn't have a camera, but luckily my friend did. So for the first probably like three or four concerts I shot, I actually borrowed my friend's camera. And then I was like, okay, I got to get one of these. And that's pretty much how it started. And then once I had that camera, which was probably like fall of 2017, it's the same camera I have now. It's the only camera I have. Um, it just kind of took off from there. I kind of started to like put, you know, more feelers out there that I wanted to take more pictures and get more opportunities. And yeah, that's kind of how it started. So what was the concert? The for Oh, the first concert that I shot was um, Little Uzi Bird. Oh, tight. Awesome. Yeah, it was it was pretty insane. I was like, I mean, yeah, sure. And they ended up giving me um, an all access pass, which is extremely insane, because even to this day, that's the only one I've ever gotten. But so I was able to like go on the stage and I had no idea what I was doing. And I had never even worked a camera like this before. So I was just really out of my element, but I was just like going for it. And um, your first the the first. uh, Yep. Damn, that's. Yeah, like I didn't, I didn't know there was rules, like you can't use flash, like I literally knew nothing, like I was going in there more so like a work assignment, like they wanted us to basically just like, he was really hype, it was when his song um, EXO Tour Life came out, um, like the Friends Are Dead song, whatever, so they, they just pretty much wanted content, so the main reason I went there was because they wanted me to live stream the concert from his Facebook. So they like gave me, hooked up my Facebook to his Facebook. So they wanted me to literally like stream it on top of getting content. So they pretty much were just like, grab pictures, grab videos, do whatever. And yeah, I literally could go wherever I wanted, do whatever. But I, at the same time, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, But yeah, and so it weirdly kind of started from there. I was like, oh, I didn't know this was a thing you could do, like take pictures at concerts. Okay, I'm in. That's so dope. Um, that's that right there can just completely like make you uh, reevaluate like what you want to do with your life. You know, when you get like such a vivid opportunity like that. Yeah, it was it was wild, and like I said, I was borrowing my friend's camera, so I did that for a while because I was just like, I don't really know what's going on. Like, this is just for work and. And then, I mean, I, I kind of wanted a camera in general because I was doing more things with photos and I don't think people knew that I was like taking them on my iPhone and all that stuff. So it was going, shooting that show kind of gave me the reason to just be like, okay, let's let's do this. Let's get a camera. That's, that's dope. Um, and I relate to that a lot. Um, Cause like <clears throat> touching on you, like getting a car and that really kind of uh, played a role in the trajectory. Like that's real as hell because mm-hmm. there's so many places I want to travel. And like, I really obviously want to see a lot. And uh, even if that means taking trips by myself, but there's a lot I can't do because I don't have a car right now. Mm-hmm. But even just like, you know, in the capacity that I'm working with now, like in the last year I've gotten really into like personal nature photography. Mm-hmm. or just sometimes not even nature just like you know documenting like just things I see that are interesting or intriguing um and uh, um it's and 
doing all of that and also just how like versatile the editing tools are on iPhone these days, like where you can play around with like, you know, all the like the contrast and the saturation and yeah. all the settings. Like I have a ton of fun with that. And uh, mm-hmm. um and just like seeing some of the reactions of people like, dude, these are like dope photos or like these are these are trippy. I'm like, yeah. man, it makes you want to do it more. Uh, yeah. So even just in the capacity that I can right now without a car, like I'll take the bus somewhere, like, you know, across the city or I'll hit up a friend and we'll drive somewhere for the day. Like mm-hmm. uh, I've like just really uh, been embracing like the documentation of like the places I go, but just, but what you were saying, like makes me imagine just how much more, um, how much more the horizons will broaden like once I do have a car one day you know yeah I mean I feel like yeah that that it just I don't know it just changed for me I think even I mean I was still pretty like staying local like I wasn't really taking my car you know past Chicago at that time or whatever but just like if I wanted to go out and see the sunset like I could just go do that and hop in my car and go to any cool spot in Milwaukee and and capture it and that's literally what it just started to do and because I'd be bored and I like to mess around with editing on my phone and but yeah having having a car is definitely uh makes it easier and more fun in a way too totally totally I want to go to Montana I me too me me too small let's go (laughs) I I didn't realize how cool Montana was yeah until like recently and I was like oh my god and I've had a few friends that have gone and like it just like looks amazing I I love mountains and I've been to Colorado a handful of times but I think I need to change it up a bit and try Montana yeah yeah that or uh Utah I really want to go to Utah like just out west Mm -hmm. like make a just do a circle around the going out west like um like honestly I want to see a lot of that before like I go out and see the rest of the world you know yeah I haven't I haven't left the country um I've haven't traveled all that much like I never traveled as a kid growing up or anything like I've been to Florida I've been to California but those are like my main only main vacations I ever took except I think it was 2018 we did a road trip exactly what you're describing my family we went to like South Dakota, we hit the Badlands, oh, and then we went to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, which if you ever go to somewhere, go there, because that was probably the coolest place I saw, and then we, we did Denver, we did, uh, we did Salt Lake, um, and we, yeah, we kind of just did that West Coast road trip, minus California and the Grand Canyon, because those were kind of like too far to fit in that trip, but no, it was awesome, and like I, I've done, a, I've done way more road trips in my life than I've done vacations. And I mean, you really just get to see so much. And like, especially when you plan it like that, like basically every day we're in a new state seeing something cool. And like, once, you know, you kind of hit the West coast, like everything over there is like pretty and it's not Wisconsin. So it's nice. Uh, Yeah, sure. Um, Yeah. The Badlands are really dope. Mm -hmm. Uh, I went there as a kid. I would love to go. Okay. But besides that's just like, we're just talking about like nature and travel Mm -hmm photography and shit but you're really big into the music photography obviously yeah what what were your like favorites like what um I mean I I take it you probably listen to a lot of different kinds um yeah 
Um, growing up, my parents like listened to music. I feel like my mom was maybe like a kind of like a top 40 person. Like I feel like I remember her talking about Prince, Michael Jackson, um, the rap duo, Salt and Pepper. Um, my dad was a very classic rock, Tom Petty, Led Zeppelin type. Of that dad. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like music was never like some crazy thing in my family. Like I, I think that was kind of something that I definitely found on my own, um, especially through live music. And then I remember like seventh and eighth grade was when um, I started kind of really discovering music that wasn't on the radio as much. And that was more of like your all time low and your bands and your pop punk scene that was really big. So I feel like that was a big thing for me in high school, but I was never like super into it. Like I liked all time low. That was about it. Um, but then it was high school when I started to kind of get into, I mean, I hate to say the word, but like EDM, like I like to say more like electronic music. That's like when I first heard of Big Gigantic and Grizz and Dylan Francis and Diplo. And, and that obviously music was, you know, really fun in college too. So it was kind of that party music and whatever, but I feel like I, you know, really got to like dive into music more when Spotify kind of came out and early college in a way because I was able to go back and listen to like for instance um I'm a big Kanye West fan only kind of music related we don't have to talk about him as a person but um the common that, common yeah. take yeah yeah but I got super into his music in early college mostly because a lot of the friends I was hanging out with but I was able to like since with Spotify like go back and really listen to his projects from the beginning and you know, that's when I kind of started to get like a new love for him. And like, that's how I listen to a lot of other artists. Like I like to go back and listen to their early stuff and stuff like that, that I was too young to kind of listen to when it first came out. Like I was around when Kanye made graduation and that album, but I was like 13, like that music isn't going to resonate with me as it does now. So I feel like growing up, it was, you know, very like pop. Um, I like pop music, but yeah, just the bands in high school but yeah it, was, it wasn't until like college when I was really able to like you know go to more shows and really experiment with my music taste being more so electronic music and I would say like hip-hop and that's pretty much what I listen to now so totally yeah yeah I I totally uh went kind of the same thing with me like I was a very passive music consumer um mm -hmm. like pre-college like you know I, I liked a lot of different kinds but I just wasn't like you know I wasn't like you know pouring hours of my day into like you know finding new artists and new songs I liked and I don't even think now look like thinking about it, I don't think anyone was because I feel like Spotify really didn't take off until like 2015 2016 Right. That's when, like, I have at least, like, my first playlist on there. I know some people probably were ahead of the game. I, SoundCloud, to me, I think was first. Like, I, I remember SoundCloud being kind of a big thing before Spotify really took off. But um, we didn't really have the chance the way these kids do now to listen to music. I mean, I remember as a kid, I would bring a whole CD book, and that's what I listened to. And that's what it was. Like, you had to buy a whole CD to get one song. Like, the way we consume music now is just it's so different like I feel like if you were to ask that question to like you know someone that's 15 now they'd have such a different answer because the way music was accessible to them 
because it wasn't to us um, really until we got to college. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, because, you know, I would, what I would do was, like, if I heard a song I liked on the radio or something, I would hop on LimeWire and, mm-hmm. yeah, I would uh, download that shit or my sister would show me stuff or my dad showed me some stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Um, like, but that was, that was mostly it. Like, I wasn't, you know, I would find artists I like and then I would occasionally, like, dig into, oh, what other songs do they have that I would like on, like, YouTube? Mm-hmm. But in terms of like actually intentionally discovering artists, yeah, that wasn't a thing for me until college. And Spotify, let me tell you, uh, is a rabbit hole. <laughs> it's- oh, I one of one of the best, I think, like inventions, social media esque platform yeah. there could there could be. Like, it's it's truly amazing. Like, I a lot of my um friends from high school mostly my guy friends um if they're watching this this will be funny but they still listen to their music on pandora and i just find that wild. My, my dad does that he, he he listens to pandora still well like your dad i can understand because i feel like you know he doesn't probably like not that he doesn't understand spotify but it is probably just easier for him but like i feel like at our age like we're picky we want to be picky with our uh, music we want to listen yeah and like but i have like three guy friends that like they still use pandora like they just find an artist and shuffle that artist's playlist and stuff like that and i just i'm like that's so in-. like i guess that's just so insane to me in some way like when spotify is there but i guess everyone consumes music differently yeah yeah no that's true i mean there's some people that just what baffles me most are the people that just listen to the radio like I swear I mean and like I like 88.9 I like WMSC but those are like those are like purposely like more like highlight more indie or underground or you know more obscure stuff it's kind of part of like where you have to you do have to like step outside of your own bias of like just how impactful music is in your life Mm -hmm. and be like some for some people like it's a very like uh passive thing and for me that's like it is and that's how sports are for me like I don't really Mm -hmm. I don't care about sports really at all like I mean it's cool like sometimes I like being in that environment of like oh a game is on and everyone's excited but other than that like I don't care you know Mm -hmm. like I don't follow the the stats and the players and shit for the most part like there's there's just so much to dig dig into and now it's all at our fingertips so Mm -hmm. it's um it's it's exciting, but it's also very intimidating. I was just going to say, I feel like, especially right now, it's, and not even just like music, I think just social media and, and content in general, it's very oversaturated right now. There's just, there's too much. Everyone has a podcast. Everyone has, everyone's releasing an album, stuff like that. Like, and I'm not like even specifically talking about like you or anything. I'm talking about like the influencers I follow or, or every celebrity. And I remember that I read an article that microphone sold out. Cause that's when everyone was like, oh, well, I'm going to do this now. Where like, there's people like, you know, you've been doing it for a while. I've been doing it for like, not a podcast, but like the content and the social media and the stuff I've been doing for a while. And now it's just getting to the point where like, it's sometimes too much, like, which is, there's just so much content. There's so many social media platforms. Everyone is trying to do the same thing. Like there's clubhouse, but now Twitter is trying to incorporate that and like all that stuff. And I feel like with music, it's, it's very similar. Like, 
there's just it can be overwhelming it can be intimidating exactly like you said and it's kind of hard to like narrow down but I guess you can also look at it like so many more people have access to the internet and all that stuff like there are so many different niches of people like everyone likes something different so it's like does it even matter that there's so much because everyone likes what they like and like yeah. not everyone listens to the same thing or watches you know well yeah and I, I think in that way there's merit to there can be merit to just how much there is like I do agree with you on the saturation part for sure mm-hmm. um but I do think that like there is something to be said um of like where it's like those people that aren't as musically inclined like it's a lot easier for them to find exactly like what they're in the mood for like what mm-hmm. they're you know what they can feel comfortable you know digging into music a little bit more than just what's on the surface like it's a lot easier to do that now than it was before and um mm-hmm. and uh, I know like playlists are really big in that regard. I'm not a playlist person, really. Uh, like, what do you mean? Like, you don't listen to other people's playlists yeah. or you don't even, or do you, do you make your own though? Not very often. I make them for okay. friends every once in a while, but okay. I'm a very like big album and song guy. Like what I do is um, I do have like a master playlist called Aimless on Spotify okay. where- okay. I listen through all the the new the albums and artists, and then I just pick out songs that I really like and throw them into the aimless playlist, and then I go back to them later on. But yeah, that's 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 really it. Um, but unless someone like asks me to make one for them, like yeah, I don't listen to playlists myself. I think, and I think that the way everyone like listens to music is very different too. Because I would say like. I'm similar to you, but opposite. Like I'm a big playlist person. Like I make my own, but I listen to my own. I don't necessarily like search for them on Spotify. Like I don't search for like top party hits or like the best in rap or something. Like I don't do that. Like I'm very strict on my own and I use them and I add to them. Um, But like, I do appreciate like a good album. And I, you know, and I, every usually like new music Friday, I'll go through it and I'll kind of pick all the artists that I recognize or maybe something catches my eye and I'll throw them into like a master playlist. And then from there, I kind of do like a shuffle listen and then I kind of narrow it down to like the ones I like and then the ones that I'll actually add to my playlist and stuff. For sure, yeah, yeah. And yeah, and I know a lot of people do that too. Um, I also want to relate to you uh, before I forget that, when I started this podcast, I didn't have a camera of my own either. Um, okay. So I was borrowing, so my, I was borrowing my, my roommates, but then my my other friend was like, yeah, I have this camera, but I don't really use it anymore. Do you want it? So I just bought it off of him with the old friend discount, you know? Yep. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of, there's a lot to also be said about how when you have such a eye-opening experience, like the one you had at that Uzi Vert show, like how when you're so new to all of it and happens so like spontaneously that it's kind of a wake up call to like be like I gotta get my shit together you know I gotta get I gotta invest Mm -hmm. in myself now you know exactly kind of what happened I was just like I've wanted to do this for so long and I think this is my opportunity to do it and I don't want to wait anymore and an opportunity kind of came my way to buy a camera I ended up kind of getting a really good discount 
just by literally talking with someone. I used to work at um, a radio station in Milwaukee and the the photographer that worked there came in one day and I was just kind of like shooting the shit with him, whatever. And I was like explaining to him, I was like, yeah, yeah like, you know, I shot this show. I borrowed my friend's camera, but like, I kind of want to get one now. And he was like, our, he's like, I actually work for a camera store and we're actually having a sale this weekend. Like, come on down, like I'll hook you up with a deal. And I followed through with it and I went through and I ended up getting um, a camera from him. So hmm. it's weird how everything kind of worked out. Yeah, definitely. So what, uh, what are you shooting with now? So I'm shooting with the same camera I bought. It's a DSLR. Oh my God. It's, I feel like if like a, if a real photographer was watching, they'd be like, that's embarrassing. Um, not that it's embarrassing. I don't want to put it that way, but it's just, it's a starter camera. It's literally the most basic camera you can buy. It's a, uh, Nikon D3400, which is like literally the ones you can get on Amazon in like a kit for like 500 bucks. It's actually the one my friend, I think, let me borrow or his might be a little bit different. But um, the I, instead of getting like a kit lens, um, since I got it from like this camera store and I think it was used, like I didn't get it in like a box and like all that stuff. Um, they gave me a really good lens. So the first lens that I had with it was... Uh, an 18 to 140 zoom lens and it's you know anything about cameras like it's like a thick lens like it's like this big like I can zoom very very far like so that's kind of how I got the deal with the camera like I kind of got like a nice lens and then the camera body um so yeah so that's literally what I've shot on for forever um I think right before I moved to New York I bought a 50 millimeter lens which is just kind of like your basic lens because the problem I was having with my zoom lens was it would zoom but like it sucked in low light which was concerts so I was like yeah I can't do this anymore so I just got like the 50 millimeter which has no zoom Mm. but it's great in low light so that's what I have right now and it's hasn't been the easiest thing I guess to work with Um, I've been wanting to upgrade for so long I was about to upgrade right before the pandemic, like literally a week before. And then the pandemic happened and I was like, there's no point for me to just run out and do this. And so I spent more time just researching and figuring it out. And luckily like with the pandemic, I was able to save money instead of having to just kind of like, you know, put it on a credit card or something. So now I have the money ready, but I just still haven't, um, like bit the bullet and bought the camera yet. Cause I, part of me is just so nervous cause it's just so much money. And like, I'm not even shooting right now. So I'm kind of like, I don't want to just like buy it. And then it sits there for five months but I know I just need to do it because I was getting um, very frustrated with my camera towards the end of my shooting before the pandemic just because it's, it's a great camera but it just like, it wasn't doing what it needed to do for me anymore. And I just, yeah, I needed to switch it up understandable definitely yeah yeah it's uh you upgrade as you go along um yeah and 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 that's what it is too like everyone always told me like don't stress about camera gear and I think for a while I did and then I kind of sat back and realized like truly you can capture great images on your iPhone like you don't Mm -hmm. need some two thousand dollar camera but in certain situations like concerts like one you can't shoot that on your phone it's just not going to work it's just literally not going to work but like I need kind of something specific for that so that's why like I'm really interested in like upgrading my gear but like like I said I've had the same camera for 
you know, going on four years now. So if anyone out there that is a photographer and anything like that, like definitely do not stress about gear almost until you need to. Yeah. Yeah. I get that for sure. Um, yeah. Like I enjoy, like, I enjoy what my iPhone's capabilities are, but I'm also not shooting, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, action shots at shows. Yeah. Yeah. To the, to the, to the, uh, intensity that you are for sure. Like for me, it's just like, Oh yeah. It's, yeah, snap a quick one, like yeah, for this local band that's playing at a bar, you know, just to to totally, yeah, yeah. Uh, And I never even like thought twice about you know upgrading or any of that until it became kind of more of like a oh, like you're doing this frequently, like it was turning into you know a couple days a week type thing. So that's when I was like, yeah, we need to change it up. Yeah, yeah. So that being said, um, so after that that first show um yeah how would your uh career take off from there trajectory um it's definitely been like a very like up and down thing so I was technically shooting the show as under Warner as being their college rep so basically when I was a college rep we kind of like had access if Warner artists came to Milwaukee like we could kind of request to go get content or whatever and so that's what I did but I only ended up being a college rep my end of it was that fall. So like I got the camera in probably September and I stopped being a rep in December. So I only had, you know, a few months. Um, so that's when I was kind of like, all right, well, I still want to do this. I still want to go to shows and take pictures, but how am I going to do this? So I kind of started to like, you know, do some research online, you know, you could say I worked for a blog for a little bit, but like not really. I more so just used it as an excuse to like literally send a press request and shoot a show. And so it kind of just like was like that slowly. And I also worked at um, the PAPS, Turner Hall, Riverside Venues. Oh, what was the blog? Um, I think it was called Off the Record Press. It, it literally wasn't even like an, a formal um, blog. I think it was just honestly this girl kind of like, started more of like an Instagram account because I think she went to shows and then like I kind of I don't know how I met her online and then we kind of just started like like maybe I'd put together an article of my picture but then slowly I kind of stopped doing that because I had no interest in being an art or being a writer and doing articles and stuff so I kind of just like found other ways to do it but yeah then I started working the PAPS Riverside Turner Hall and I got to kind of know more people through that and then um Kit Pellegrini who I think you know right yeah oh yeah um then when then kids started to work there too and then there was a few times you know Kit kind of got me passes and stuff and literally just becoming friends with people at that venue I mean I was literally close with all the security guards so like it was no issue for me to like I would like be normally scheduled on my shift and then I'd be like oh hey I also have a pass like can I go in during the show and shoot for 10 minutes and they were like yeah no no problem we don't care and so pretty much it was like that and you know once I kind of started building up a portfolio I was able to kind of reach out on my own and it was as much as I feel like not that I shouldn't say this but it was definitely me like finessing a lot of my way like kind of saying I worked for this blog when I really didn't because they didn't really check so it was kind of like I just needed the pass and I was done and but you know I, I was not getting any major artists like I was getting very small shows that you know Turner stuff like that occasionally the rave and then um 
it wasn't until, yeah, when I kind of got to New York, things changed because I started working for, um, I don't know what the correct word to call this, if it would be a brand or like a platform. It's called Songkick. Um, it's a, yeah. a website and it's an app and it's a bunch of things. Um, Warner Music Group actually owns Songkick. And so my team is one of the teams that helped run it. And so basically I kind of just asked and I was like, can I request to like get content for Songkick and like go to shows and shoot it and, and then actually post it on our page because I was running the pages anyways and they had no problem with that. And that's when it started to get like easy. Like I had a Warner Music Group email address. I was able to actually be like, hey, I can actually post it on these real accounts. And that's when it started to become easier. And then, like I said, once I kind of had the portfolio built up and, and contacts, like that's a huge thing just in the industry. Like even just working at Warner, I was able to like get in contact with the touring people that worked there and all that stuff and introduce myself and be like, hey, I work for, I also work for Warner, but I do this. Um, if you guys ever have artists come to the city, I'd love to shoot them. And that's just kind of how it started to happen. I just met a few contacts and every time a show came, I emailed and like, I literally, it got to the point where sometimes it'd be two in a night. Sometimes it'd be five in a row, back to back days. And I literally would just request any show just because it was fun and I'd bring a friend along with me. And, um, and then I got to, you know, kind of use it to my benefit as well. So I definitely miss it. That's, that's rad. So like, did you move to New York specifically for work? Like, did you have the job? You got the job and then you decided to go out there. Move. Yeah. Yeah. I had no intention of necessarily ever going to New York. Um, I honestly, I thought I'd maybe move to California. And then as time went on, I just, I didn't really have the money. Um, I was working, you know, freelance and part-time jobs before I left to New York. Um, really wasn't doing anything serious. I think things were maybe going to start to like bump up, but um, I was working with a Milwaukee company called Milwaukee. I was their photographer and that was really fun. And I was having a great time with that. And they had so some good like, events. Um, yeah. yeah, no, they're awesome. I got to do great so markets. many cool things with them. Yeah, no, they're literally one of like the biggest gems in Milwaukee. And I was really sad to like let that job go because I truly enjoyed it. It was you know, a lot of creative freedom, all that stuff, great people to work with. But um, I got sent the job from Warner from one of my old um, college rep bosses. And he was like, hey, like I just switched teams and I got a new boss and he's looking for an assistant. And I think you'd be really good for this role. And I was like, okay, sure. Like I've applied for numerous jobs at Warner before and never got anywhere, like literally never even got a reply. So I was like, okay, sure. Like, why not? sent the application and didn't hear back for a while to the point where like I forgot about it and they reached back out and they're like we want to do an interview and did a few phone interviews and then um they were like could you do an in-person interview and I was like okay sure I've never gotten that far in an interview process so I yeah booked a flight went out to New York for like basically 24 hours and went out there did the interview came home and then a couple of days later, I got the call saying I got the job. And then I had four weeks and I moved. So yes, moved because of the job. I had no intention of moving. Cool. So yeah. Where in uh, New York were you uh, living? 
I've lived um, in a couple places. I've only lived in Brooklyn. So I've lived in Bushwick, Brooklyn. And now I live in Williamsburg, which is um, closer to the city. So I'm basically right by the, the water is what I call it, the river that divides Brooklyn from Manhattan. So I'm very close to Manhattan, but not quite. Sure. Some of my uh, favorite bands are from Brooklyn. Okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, the music scene is happening there. It's, it's a very cool, um, creative city. We're just like, it's inspiring to say the least. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of great Brooklyn indie for sure. Especially oh, yeah. prevalent in the two thousands. Okay. Uh, yeah. So you were doing, I mean, you were shooting for both the Pabst Theater Group as well as Warner. Um, so like- well, I will say technically I was never, I always, I think I wanted to be a Pabst photographer, but I never actually was. Um, they actually had like a full staff of like oh, five to seven people. One of my friend's sisters is actually one of the photographers. Um, but I actually, that was all freelance. That was just more so like, if I ever shot, I guess for them, it was either like me getting a pass through the band that was playing there, like basically very separate from them. Or there was a few times where Kit, if it was like a smaller show, like I think it was like Yonder Mountain String Band or like Lotus, oh, you know, it's kind of like those jam those bands. Those are definitely I, Kit bands. <laughs> exactly. And they were like smaller shows, you know, that they weren't necessarily like sold out and like their teams and management, you know, usually weren't strict. So like, Kit would usually like give me a pass for stuff like that. So, and that was usually just more for like me versus like them, but I just wanted to clear that up in case. Yeah, yeah, was sure. like, yeah. Kit, Kit is the hookup for sure. No, for sure. He was the man. Um, dope. So yeah, um, that being said, so yeah, what have been your specific roles with Warner Music Group? Um, yeah. Since you've been with them? So since I got the job um, in New York, I started as an executive assistant production coordinator. So I was my boss's assistant. Um, and I was more so like his like scheduling assistant. Like I pretty much just like helped him schedule meetings, his calendar, random little things. I wasn't really like his like personal assistant to say the least, which is definitely a job in the industry. Like I didn't get on lunch and like stuff like that. Um, Cause he kind of told me when he hired me, like he was like, my boss actually came into Warner about four months before I started. So he was new, he came from complex and he kind of was like, I'm building this new team. You're kind of going to be one of the first people on it. He kind of wanted to like almost mold me into a different position. He's like, you know, I only want you to be an assistant for like a year, year and a half. And that's exactly what happened. So just, I guess, through working with other people on my team, I, we found that kind of social media and content and graphic design was a little bit of my niche, which is, you know, all stuff that I've done in the past. Um, so that's basically what I was doing. I was running Instagram accounts. I was making a lot of um, graphic design stuff for socials, as well as video, video teasers, trailers, stuff like that. Um, just doing a lot of editing. And then TikTok came around. Um, this would have been about right before the pandemic. My boss, I remember he pulled me into a meeting and was like, I want our brands on TikTok. And when I mean brands, I don't mean Warner Music Group's brand. I mean Songkick. I mean like the third party brands that Warner owns. Um, so he was like, yeah, I want our brands on TikTok. And I remember being like, 
oh my god like I'm not even on TikTok like really like okay like I was very like weirded out about the idea I was like how is this gonna work and I made our accounts I started them from zero and my boss was basically just like I don't care just put content on them put content on them that relate to what they are one was a cover channel so like singing covers and the other was a um, song kick which focuses on live music and basically a month later the pandemic hit and everything changed and TikTok blew up and I was like weirdly like lost in my role of being an assistant because I was like what do I do like I didn't know what to do with my days because like my boss didn't need scheduling help and I didn't really have like a real role at the time. So I remember kind of like being with my boss on the phone being like, I don't really know what to do and I don't know what you want me to do. And he was really like, I want you to hone in on TikTok. I just want you to start posting. And so I pretty much just started running TikTok, like fully not, and I don't mean me making TikToks, like me getting in front of the camera, but it was me more pulling content from YouTube, from Instagram, from social media, kind of like almost what a complex does in a way where they kind of pull from literally everything. And, and that's what I was doing. And I just started to get really, really lucky. Like I started to get some crazy viral videos that were hitting 10 million views in two days, which was like absurd, which was like growing our accounts, like massively to the point where we had, I think still to this day, I have the biggest TikTok accounts in Warner Music Group beating out them because of just like, that was my job. And so I really focused a lot on TikTok. And so then at the end of 2019, I my role switched from assistant to social media manager. So that is my current role at Warner. And I do a lot more than TikTok now. I basically just run um, a lot of social media accounts. So I do, you know, the the finding, the posting, the designing, the creating, as well as, you know, developing new ideas, pitching things to artists. Um, Like I've pitched to Jack Harlow or Cardi B and we're working with a uh, rapper called Guap Dad 4000 right now. Um, Digging up new ideas, collaborating with other brands and other people and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. so yeah, that's kind of what my role has become now. The the pandemic really, in a weird way and in a shitty way, I hate to say it, but like helped helped my job. My my yeah. team is very media fa- uh, media based. So like we kind of thrived in the pandemic. We were able to really capitalize off of this, and everyone was consuming media at a crazy rate. So we were just kind of able to jump on that, and we hit it at a great time. And yeah, so that's my job is very uh, media and content focused at the moment. Yeah, I think I still not entirely on the TikTok train myself. Um, it's, I have a a, couple, it's a rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. I have a couple of friends that are super into it. And I, one of my friends actually, like, he's done TikToks with like Dylan Francis and Diplo. <gasps> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's, I, I think he's kind of a, uh, I don't know if he's still doing it now, but um, yeah, he was like super into TikTok. I'm like, man, the youth runs the world. They, no, really cool. I, it's insane. Like I never thought that that app would consume my life in the way it does. I, I don't go on it too much personally, just because I'm on it for work yes. all, all the time. Um, I mean, I run 
three accounts now, three TikTok accounts. And I mean, I, I post, you know, at least once a day on each of them. So that's me doing a, a lot of videos a week and all that stuff. I definitely get, um, I wouldn't say sick of it, but almost just like exhausted with it. But just the way that app has um, changed the music industry and is changing the trends and all of that. It's, it's insane. It's, there's something new every day. You, if you, if there's a trend, you have to hop on it now or you miss it. And half of my job is just like playing catch up and, and playing the game to figure out what's going to hit and what's going to hit at the right time. So it's, it's definitely interesting. It's fun, but it can, um, we're all on social media all the time for like personal use. So it can definitely be very like draining and exhausting to then there's really no off button ever in my job and with that stuff. So it's, it's been hard to kind of blur that line between like personal and work um, when you work on social media. Oh yeah. I totally get that. Um, I find myself kind of treading uh, in that territory too, where like, you know, I want to make this music journalism a thing. Yeah. Like, I wanted to make it my full-time gig at some point. Um, I started doing freelance PR as well. But, yeah, like, when it's, like, you don't, like, I want it to be my work, but I don't always, like, feel like I'm treating it as work because, like, it's leisurely, you know, and we're comfortable mm -hmm. doing it. And, like, so what's exciting about it. It's, like, it makes, I feel like it helps me feel, like, constantly motivated and inspired um mm -hmm. which is why i enjoy the lifestyle of like you know what i do just like by by hobby like what i just kind of do because it's something that interests me like um wanting to turn that into a professional thing is and working actively working towards that is you know it's exciting um it, yeah it def definitely helps keeps motivation going that's that's yeah. for sure yeah um so in the last couple of years since you've been out there um pre-covid like were you still like going out and getting to shoot yeah no like it was great like I for the first time I think in a long time like since you know I really left I left home to go to college I felt like my life was like content like I was happy I was I was in in the same place I, I I wasn't all over the place because because before I moved to New York, I was freelancing. So I was all over and I was like, wow, I have a consistent job. I have consistent pay. Like it was awesome. Like I truly was having a great time and, and my photography career was, I mean, blowing up in my eyes. Like I think, you know, one of the last two weeks uh, or one of the last weeks, you know, before the pandemic, like I definitely, there was one week where I did five shows back to back, you know, five consecutive oh. nights and like, it was just so fun and, and New York is just like, there's so many venues. I kept a list and my goal was to hit all of them before my one year. And I unfortunately didn't get to do that, but I, I hit a lot of them and yeah, it was, it was awesome. And I just, you know, the more you shoot, the more you're out there, the more opportunities you get. I was starting to meet a lot of other photographers in New York that I was excited to like meet up with and finally have friends that, you know, share the same interests as me. And and yeah, it was, it was really all going great. And then the pandemic hit and, and it, it really just flipped everything upside down in so many different ways. And as much as it, it is shitty and it was shitty, like a lot of great things have come from it. And I was able to slow down and 
think about things and and take a break. I mean, because I was getting a little bit too into the, not too into the photography, but I was getting into the social media side a little too much. I was getting, I don't know what the right word would be, like not even really comparing myself to other people, but more so just like really judging my work. Like I was like, I don't think I can post this. Like it's not good enough. Like where I never even thought twice about that before. Where like, I was starting to really question myself and and not posting. And I took a big break in February before the pandemic where I just literally had to delete the app off my phone because I was just like, I was obsessed with like checking in and making sure I posted the right picture and was getting all this stuff. And it, it was truly taking like the fun out of it. And it wasn't, and um, when the pandemic hit, I flew home to Wisconsin right away and I didn't bring my camera mostly because I only thought I was coming back for two weeks. I ended up staying for five months. So I didn't even have my camera for an entire five months. And I was so used to using it every day, but in a way it was like kind of nice to just not worry about it because it was starting to get to that point where the hobby was turning into this job yeah. where it's that weird line of like, you like doing it and you want to make it your job, but it's like, do you though? Like it, it, it's kind of a hard line. It's, it's definitely something I've, I feel like I've always struggled with and probably will struggle with when it comes back. For sure. For sure. Um, that being said, um, so you're, you're coming, but you're going back to New York next week. Mm-hmm. Yes. Dope. Uh, you excited? I'm very excited. I, if you would have asked me like a month ago, I think I would have said no, but I, I like coming back here. I mean, I have a lot of friends. I have, I get to, you know, use a car. I get to have more space, just all that stuff. And, and I think I like spending extended amount of times here, but it's just getting to the point where I'm, I kind of realized why I left in the first place. Like I I need more. I, that's exactly what it is. And then I need new too. Like I just need a new change of scenery. And, and I also want to, you know, see my friends again and just also be way closer to that creative side. Like I do have other photographer friends on Instagram that I want to reach out to and, and meet up with in New York. Like I can't really do that here. Like I feel like when I come home, it's, it's very much for me to chill and hang out with my friends. But then when I go back to New York, I really get to like be on my grind and focus a lot more on work and there's not as many distractions and I need that. And I was having a great time with it before the pandemic. So um, yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get back to it for sure. That is super dope that uh, you were shooting five shows a week. Uh, Sometimes it was crazy. It was, and it was, it was always me requesting, like I would be the one to send the request and, and get the permission and whatever, but I also moved to New York, you know, not knowing a single person. So a lot of ways I used it as something to do, like literally just something where I could have plans on a weeknight or on a weekend because I went to the show and I went to a few by myself, but I ended up getting really close to a lot of my coworkers and I'd get, you know, a plus one. And that's how I started to be, come closer with my coworkers. I'd be like, Hey, I got tickets to a show tonight. You want to come? And most people don't really say no to a, a free concert. So it was, you know, yeah. kind of easy to get myself out there that way, you know, and like, you know, see the city and kind of meet new people and yeah. while doing work in the same way. So it was, it was, cool. right. I was it's a crossroads. Yeah. And I, and I loved it. And I, I've never had that before. Cause like, I was cool with my coworkers. Um, I actually saw that you interviewed um, Sam Bernelli. 
if that's how you pronounce his last name. I could be totally butchering it. I apologize. Yeah, one, one of the, uh, in Oxley. He's yes. The Oxleys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I was, he started, I had been working at the Paps and then he started. And I think we worked together on one of his first days and he, me and him ended up becoming pretty close. I would say he was probably one of my closest coworker friends before I left. And um, it's so cool to see like what he's done with um, the yeah. Oxleys. And then I saw you interview them and I was like, no way, but. Um, Between yeah, he was one of the galleries. Yep, yeah. yep. He was like one of the only people who I felt like I, kind of like talk to outside of work as well but usually it was pretty much like work and friends were separate but then in new york it's it's all one big thing and i've never had that and it's it's cool it's it's very refreshing night and i really like it oh yeah yeah it's awesome like that's that's what i that's what i aspire to have too like um kind of where they you know they say obviously it's like when you do what you love you don't work a day in your life and like it's like I, I take you know genuine joy in doing the music journalism stuff. You know, when I was, you know, two months into writing for Breaking and Entering, like I was going to, like you, I was going to like five shows a week at one yeah. point. But um, I mean, it definitely did like quiet down a little bit. Like after that, I realized I can't do all of that when I'm also trying to work and make money. Yeah. Too, you know, mm-hmm. but. But yeah, I mean, eventually I hope it does get to that point where I could just go to shows and like monetize like, you know, the what we're building out of Milwaukee's music scene um, as a hub where yeah. they find what they love. Definitely without shows like COVID has like, you know, in the last year, it's it's been it's been frustrating. It's been hard. But, you know, I mean, things are looking up right now. You know, the vaccines yeah. are rolling out and uh yeah. I think we'll be getting shows again at uh, mm-hmm. at a point, um, probably maybe like late summer, uh, early fall. Mm-hmm. Like, I definitely hope to be out there and you know get back, get jump right back into it. You know, and I'm sure you do too. Yeah, uh, I think we've had a lot of personal confrontations in this past year. You know. Yeah, it's it's definitely yeah, it's been interesting. It's in a way, I think the more I hear people talk about it and the more I talk about it like the more I really do think like as crazy as it sounds like I think it really did happen for a reason I really think whether it's whatever you believe in was really telling us we all just needed to slow down I that I don't know that's just kind of what I think not about take it. things for not take things for granted too no yeah and like I mean this is going to be I mean not superficial but I was listening to Kim Kardashian talk about something similar and she was saying she was like yeah I mean before the pandemic like I literally was working all the time all the time grind 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 and like I feel like that was such a mentality that you needed to have like all I do is grind you got to wake up and get this bread like it is not like that anymore like people are really prioritizing time for yourself and mental health and breaks and all that stuff but like it was not like that and I think we all literally just needed to take a step back and I think as much as like, you know, we, we don't have concerts right now and we all did lose something, but like, I do think like we all gained a lot of new perspectives and I think it's gonna be really interesting to go back and I'm very excited, but part of me is like, like right now in my life, it's, it's very chill. It's very calm and I'm used to being really busy and hectic and 
I miss it. But then at the same time, I'm like, I know when things start back up again, I have a feeling we're just all going to snap back into it. And it's just going to be like back to it in, in a good way. But um, it's also a little, a little scary knowing that we'll all be back at it again. I don't know why, maybe not scary, but just like weird. Like I cannot imagine yeah. that first show back like it's just gotta be it's gonna be so weird i don't even know how to describe it but it's gonna be weird and like a good weird but yeah i I think i think about that too just like the readjustment anxiety of like where to pick back up you know with especially with people you normally see like your friends like contacts like i do think about that a lot too um so the last question just for the sake of time um so I know you do some personal photography as well, uh, and mm-hmm. portrait photography, um, like shooting with your friends and whatnot. Are you still kind of doing that? Like, have you been able to do that much uh, in quarantine? Um, so no, I mean, not at all, really. So basically, like, um, when the pandemic hit, I came back here for five months, didn't bring my camera, so I didn't even have it, which sucks. I think if I would have brought it back with me that first time, I think things would have been different because I was shooting so consistently that I think I would have just continued to shoot, but then I like kind of just couldn't. And so then the five months happened and then I went back to New York for like four months. And then, you know, then I came back here and I've shot a little bit since, but I really never fully picked it back up. Um, a lot of times it really gave me like a lot of anxiety because it was turning into the hobby turned into a kind of a job. And like, it used to just be, yeah, I'd go capture sunsets and I'd be bored and I would bring my friend and be like, let me take pictures of you. But then it started to become like an actual thing where like I had to edit these pictures and people wanted to see them right away. And like, I was more so just like, yeah, like I, I do it when I want to and, and all that stuff. And I think it was, kind of hard for me to get back into it slash still is but um towards the end of my um last time in New York so around like November December um one of my good friends he goes by the name of Yanks um is a musical artist and he kind of recruited me and he was like I'm about to be releasing a bunch of stuff I really want to just get some good like social content and basically just stuff I can post online and so he kind of recruited me and he ended up working um in a studio basically like a 20 minute walk away from my place in New York and so I just you know once or twice a week I'd go to the studio and just you know shoot content for him videos pictures whatever and that definitely helped me get back into it and that is more of the direction I I see my photography growing like I the concerts for sure the you know the nature stuff will always be the thing I do on the side but I really like working with kind of like a specific artist and a specific goal and like being more creative with my stuff I don't take just normal pictures I like to use colors and edits and be weird with it and you can't always do that in like traditional portrait photography so I think part of me has stayed away from it but at the same time like I would like to shoot artists you know potentially an album cover in the future or artist promotional photos and stuff like that and so I definitely still need practice in that and I you know I that's where I recruit my friends and stuff like that and I'm usually pretty transparent too like you know if anyone ever needs photos like let me know because I'm still like in the practice thing and and I want to be creative and stuff like that so um yeah I still do a little bit of that portrait photography on the side but it's definitely it makes me the most nervous and I don't know why I think it's just because it's 
it is more serious. Like it's, it's people and their faces and stuff. And they, in a way they want it to look a certain way, I feel like. So yeah, I, I, I practice with that and, and I'm open to it, but I just think I gotta like almost do more of it to just be more comfortable with it. Well, that being said, um, um, like if anyone wants to get in touch with you and like book a shoot, for example, like, are you doing that right now or like, yeah, I mean, I'm all, like always open to that stuff. Like whether it's like they want something specific or they just want photos, you know, basically kind of wherever you are to like, um, obviously right now I'm about to go back to New York and, but I'll definitely probably be here in the summer and I'm very open to make arrangements and, and stuff like that too. Um, so yeah, like I'm, I still do, you know, kind of my freelance thing with, you know, graphic design as well. Like I'm, I'm open if anyone ever kind of wants anything or, or wants to know more, like, you know, they can feel free to like message me on Instagram or wherever you um, can find me. I think, yeah, that'd probably be the best way Instagram, but yeah, very open to that stuff. Cool. Awesome. Well, uh, I will definitely uh, um, tag you uh, so that uh, folks can uh, be directed to your contact info and whatnot. But um, hell yeah. Uh, well, as we're closing out here, um, I, we could talk for hours about this kind of stuff because I know I really feel like we could. Yeah. You ask them, you're a great um, conversationalist. That's why I think uh, you got a knack for this. I oh, really thank have you, Smo. That I, I really do. Like, You've done, was it, have you really done like over, was it 500 episodes? Is that what, are they numbered? We're coming on 600. That's like, that's insane. That's insane. But that, that's so good for you and your connections. Like when the world does open back up for you, like that is so awesome. Like doing stuff like this, it's like the perfect way to meet people and connect with people and get more insight and all that stuff. And um, I think you're doing a really cool thing. You're the only person um, that I know personally that's like literally doing anything like this. And so I I, I think that's pretty awesome. Like the only other podcast I listen to is like YouTubers or something. So like, I I think that's awesome. Well, thank you. I I really appreciate that. Um, You know, it's like, I'm just really fascinated by people and what makes them tick and like I would struggle to find meaning anywhere you know if it weren't for all the really amazing creatives and friends and activists and you know just people that are making meaning out of their lives like Mm -hmm. that's so fascinating and uh you know and I'm very blessed to know so many really brilliant people um and I'm really glad you could be a part of it uh, yeah, no, thank you. I I really appreciate it. It's it's been a really nice conversation. Definitely let me know if you ever want to do a, a part two. I feel like like you said, we have a, a eventually lot, we have a lot we could talk about. Yeah, maybe we could do it in person next time for sure. Yeah. yeah. On our way out though, I do ask everyone the same two questions. Mm-hmm. First one is um Smo, what keeps you up at night? What keeps me up at night? Oh god, recently or always? Um Recently, it's been trying to figure out how I'm going to get all my stuff that I've accumulated in Wisconsin back to New York. Um, but if it's not about that, what keeps me up at night? Honestly, probably TikTok. If I'm not if I'm not on it for work, I'm thinking about it for work or I'm finding videos to post on it. Like that's that's my answer right now. 
on the other hand, what puts you to sleep? What puts me to sleep? Um, God, wow, these are like thinker questions. What puts me to sleep? I feel like, wow, this is like a really open-ended question. Um, I definitely have, um, since being on social media all day, every day, I feel like it's very hard for me to fall asleep at night because I'm always looking at screens. But I would say the only way I ever actually get like a good night's sleep or I fall asleep um, is if I've had like a really fun or like active day with friends. So I feel like a really fulfilling day or busy day um, that's not just like me sitting on the computer um, definitely puts me to sleep, but in like a good way. Yeah. That helps, like especially right now, in such a in such an an internet driven society that we have uh, acclimated to, like being able to be in the present moment with folks, like sharing space with them, you know, obviously responsibly right now because of COVID. Yeah, but but, you know, yeah, that that puts me to sleep as well. Um, I miss and I miss shows so. Uh, soon soon the the vaccine it's here I I can finally say like I think for the first time in a long time like I really really do have hope that this summer and this fall we will be able to see and go to a real show whether it's fully socially distanced or not I think by the fall we really should um you know have at least you know one show at least on our radar or early 2020 that we know we're going to be able to see so the end is near. I, I do feel it coming. Um, there, there's going to be changes, but maybe not all bad ones. Right. Yeah. Light at the end of the tunnel. Like, yes. yeah, light, like, it won't be entirely, like, our idea of normal is definitely shifting and, like, what we're yeah. going to go back to. Like, there's definitely, life will never be, you know, congruently the same as it was prior. But no, it'll, it'll never go back to pre-COVID. Like, with, and, yeah, but with good reason. It's like, you know, I think it's a great idea to have sanitizer at every every public place at this point, you know, because quite frankly, like we learned a lot more about pathogens in this last yeah. So, yep. Well, uh, thank you again, Smoke. Yes, thank you. Yes, show. of course. And, yeah, uh, great to talk. Um, for everyone watching, uh, I'll be tagging Smo Ostrovsky uh, so you can check out her work. Uh, get in touch with her if you're interested, if you're an artist, especially, uh, and you want to take some uh, dope photos. Um, check out her work, check out her website. Um, thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. Uh, live music is, uh, it's, it's, it's on the horizon. It's on, uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's on the horizon. Yeah. It's, it's on the horizon. Thank you yeah. for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time.